Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour, sponsored by Lake Monster Brewing, Eastside Jiu-Jitsu, and that's badass wood art. Uh, remember to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, podcast, wherever you get your content uh, for more great Vikings content. Arif, I'm a little upset that you're not wearing the Lake Monster uh, like sweatshirt we got you last September. I know it's a little balmy outside, but it's still uh, a little warm, man. <laughs> but still, we got to we got to represent a little bit. Nice, cool yeah. 97 degrees that you yeah. need that sweatshirt for. Yeah, heat index of 110. Absolutely. Let's bring it on. Weren't you wearing a coat on Collar's Pod the other day? Yeah, it was because the, the house was uh, too cold, which is a weird... The, so my room, the room I'm in is too warm because there's no air conditioning for this room. So I set up like a bunch of fans uh, in order to in order to cool the room down. And it just, it cooled it too much. So I had to wear a hoodie. Um, but for this... I turned all the fans off just for you guys. Uh, and so that. it is a bit warm in here again now. <laughs> well, we won't go too long so you can blast the fans on. Um, <laughs> but we thought it'd be a good opportunity with the Trey Lance news breaking a little bit with the TJ Hawkinson speculation to just kind of pick your brain on, on sure. where you stand with it all. So just for the people who aren't in the loop, uh, the 49ers named Sam Darnold, their number two quarterback. And now the team is exploring options with Trey Lance. It didn't help that Ian Rappaport shortly after that came out and said, you know, as the 49ers weigh options for Trey Lance, calling his hometown team the Vikings, who were a rumored destination before the draft, makes a lot of sense. He goes on to say that nothing's impossible, but Minnesota has a backup in <laughs> Mullins and drafted rookie Jaron Hall. What are your thoughts, Arif? Are you, are you pro trading for Trey Lance with, you know, a week and a half to go? to the season I, I just i think the safety room is full right i think that you know you <laughs> oh <can't>... my gosh i <laughs> um, so i actually i don't think that there is i mean obviously it depends on the price right like if the vikings trade a seventh round pick like it's a quarterback do it right um nominally a quarterback anyway um <laughs> so I'm just, gonna keep Drag them. just yeah <laughs> um but like you know yeah, obviously it depends on the price, but the price that I think a lot of people are expecting, um, probably not worth it. Obviously, you create roster pressure in the quarterback room. You kind of want to see what you have in Jaron Hall and develop him. I think that we've seen some pretty good stuff out of him. Obviously, there's no way he's close to ready to even be a backup, but there's some stuff that you really like that yeah. you've seen out of him both in the preseason and in training camp. And so it feels like um, this is one way to inhibit the development of a player like that. Um, but just like in the abstract, like having Trey Lance on your roster as a third quarterback, um, kind of interesting. Maybe it's telling that the 49ers are not interested in that exact scenario. Right. So, you know, that's important. Um, but, you know, I, I think that most teams that are looking to trade for him want him as their second quarterback, maybe as their top quarterback. Um, so I, I, it doesn't seem like something that makes a ton of sense to me, uh, given what likely price he'll command. Um, if you take a look at kind of what he did in his starts for San Francisco last year before he got injured, what he's done in the preseason thus far, I, I don't see an NFL-ready quarterback. And I, I was, you know, I'm always kind of concerned, like, hey, I've got this whole bit about NDSU. I hate NDSU guys. <laughs> um, I especially hate NDSU quarterbacks. I keep calling them the wrong position on purpose. And I'm like, am I letting that, like, actually <laughs> impact my objective evaluation? So I went over to um, JT O'Sullivan's YouTube channel, QB School, which, I, geez, check it out. Phenomenal. It's amazing. Phenomenal. Um, 
And, you know, his analysis of Lance, I actually thought was probably too harsh. Honestly. I was like, I wasn't this bad. Wow. Um, because Lance did improve over the course of that game, which uh, O'Sullivan didn't really touch on. Um, but I think that why he didn't improve over the course of the game or why why he needed, you know, game reps to improve is actually speaks to how poorly he sees the field, how rarely he makes the correct decision at the right time. Um, and just all of the stuff that comes with not having played a ton of quarterback, um, that all of those are evident. And now we're in year three of, yeah. of his career and he doesn't see the field well. And that's just, that's it for me. Right. Like the thing with a quarterback like Nick Mullins is like, he knows what the right decision is and he knows really quickly what the right decision is. Now he, he can't always throw the ball. That's the right decision. Like that's not always there, right? Like you, you, if the right decisions on the sideline, like good luck, but he knows what the right decision. And that's the first, that's the, that's a priority. Right. So I, I just, I don't see, you know, a third year developmental quarterback as a guy that you want to put a lot of chips into. So I don't love it. Obviously, you know, there's there's always some athletic upside, but those are becoming just more and more common throughout yeah. um, the draft. So I, it's not as unique as it would have been like five years ago to get a quarterback. You're like, hey, he probably could throw the ball if we can get him to see the field fast enough, which is like a big if. But like if we can get him to see the field fast enough, we've got this floor. Right. But now it's no longer Lamar Jackson. Now it's like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones, depending on how well you think he throws the ball. You know, like all of this, right? Desmond Ritter, right? Like there's there's a lot of these yeah. guys now, and there's more and more entering the NFL. Anthony Richardson just entered the NFL. CJ Stroud kind of has it, even though he wants to play in the pocket a little bit more. Bryce Young, you don't want him to use it, but you know, it's these are it's all there. Yeah, these are all capacities that the, the quarterbacks have. And if Will Levis or Malik Willis ever see the field, they'll they'll have it too. So uh yeah. just it's not the same Tyler thing. Murray. Yeah. Of course you got he's gonna get in there and add that. Honey, he's like leaving out like a Baker very, Mayfield. He's leaving out like a very like like a very uh, well known uh, rushing quarterback. Oklahoma so. quarterback. Yeah, I understand. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, he he was he was one for three. He said Jalen Hurts. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, most well known for being an Oklahoma quarterback for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when, when we think about like a potential trade though for for Trey Lance, what is that like? What is even the draft? compensation for that because i mean if, if you're the vikings you've already invested a fifth round pick in jaron hall and you've spent most of the offseason putting in work develop developing him are is that a situation where you're like yeah let's just you know scrap that let's trade more draft capital for trey lance just to bring him in and again he's going to be third string he's going to develop he's still not going to see the field for right, yeah. another what year and a half maybe longer if they sign Kirk Cousins in the offseason yeah like the the thing that he needs the Vikings cannot provide right like you knew he needs to see the field right if the Buccaneers traded for him like ah, great yeah sorry about the Baker thing but yeah Baker they're (laughs) set they're set for years yeah (laughs) but you know that that one like makes sense, right? There's an opportunity available for you to to get your quarterback going and and see the field. And yeah, maybe the first couple of weeks are going to be really rough, but you know he gets game reps, and that's the thing that he needs. But he's not going to get that when he's behind Sam Darnold, behind uh, Brock Purdy. He's not going to get that when he's behind Kirk Cousins, behind Nick Mullins, right? Um, and it, it's kind of funny that he'd be backing up Nick Mullins given the mutual San Francisco history there. But like, yeah, it's just there's there's 
not a lot of situations that this late in the offseason, it makes sense to to trade for him. Like with the Vikings traded for Sam Bradford, here you go. That one made a lot of sense, right? Like, yeah. you know, they they didn't trust the backup quarterback they had to be a guy that could win sixteen, uh, win in sixteen starts all that much. Like maybe he's a guy that you can to get fair, in one start. A, they did. He had a broken foot at that point too, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what what didn't he break? But <laughs> but. But, you know, like you you get, yeah, it takes like a second or two to get him on the field, but he's a starting quality quarterback, right? So that, yeah. that made a lot of sense. We don't, we just don't have any knowledge that would suggest that Trey Lance is a starting quality quarterback. And in order for him to get there, he just needs time on the field. And the, the areas where he can get time on the field and they're comfortable with him maybe not being the starting quarterback is just so small that I don't know that, the 49ers are going to get anyone to bite uh, at least at a price that they like. Right. Because yeah. remember the 49ers have already, they, they did the work of making sure that they'll be credible in negotiations by not trading Jimmy Garoppolo last year. They said, we're not going to trade him if we don't get a good price for him, even though he's not practicing, he's just sitting out of practice. He's just not part yeah. of the whole deal and he's gone. Uh, but if you're not going to give us anything, we're not going to trade him. Right. And they stuck to their guns and it's the same front office, same coaching staff. And so you can trust them when they say, hey, if you're not going to give us like a third round pick or whatever we want, we're not going to trade them. And they can hold their own in that negotiation. So um, what they perceive as value to be, I don't know. But I, I cannot imagine that there's going to be a, a, a team that's going to give them that value that they're looking for. Yeah, I, th- I thought another team actually that makes a lot of sense, at least in the short term, was Arizona Cardinals because they are oh, going to be yeah. trotting like the, the remains of Colt McCoy out there. Uh, for the first couple weeks, and do you have I mean, do you have a Texas quarterback thing? Like I have an NDSU quarterback. I wonder if that. No, no, I, I don't. <laughs> okay. I don't mind. I mean, I, I, there hasn't been a good one since Vince Young, so uh, there's not much to like praise. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, right. Quinn, you can't, yeah. <laughs> Quinn Ewers, he might be something, I guess, but sure. also he can he can uh, you know eat shit this year for sure. Oh my <laughs> gosh! So he does. The answer, but yes, but but if but if he makes it to the pros, I'll I'll, I'll give him a fair shake then because he's not Fair playing for the bad team anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. I mean but really though like Colt McCoy is like 36 37 years old right like yeah. you're, you're just waiting for Kyler to get healthy this would be an opportunity for him to come in and get live reps but the issue is you're coming in what with the one one week two weeks left right. in training camp you're not gonna learn a playbook I mean he can barely he barely knows the Niners playbook at this point so like to come in and, <laughs> and learn Arizona's playbook in two weeks uh, is, is pretty unlikely yeah, the thing he needs is time, and and like the scenarios where he's best used, uh, for another team's perspective, is one where he doesn't have a lot of time. Right? He needs time. He needs security so that when he starts, he can make mistakes and just play without having to play with fear. Right? So he can he can play the reads that he sees instead of trying to play conservatively. Um, try to trust himself to make quick decisions before right decisions because that's the most important thing for him right now. Um. And, you know, that scenario, Arizona, where maybe he, he would show up, Cole McCoy would start a game, and then he starts the next two, and then Kyler comes back, or I don't know what that timeline is, but that feels right. I don't know. Um, then, okay, he's got two more games. Like, right. <laughs> like, so, so it's tough. Um, yeah. the, the, the problem, I think, is that the best signal that we're getting comes from the 49ers, right? Because they get to evaluate him in all the practices. And they get to evaluate him in the meeting room, right? Yeah. And and all of these teams 
only get to evaluate him based off of their draft grade, based off of their interview at the Combine a long time ago, um, based off of a couple of preseason games and two relatively mediocre starts. Like, it's tough. They have more information, and they're saying, we're good, right? And obviously, you know, I, I think what they're attempting to communicate is he's too good to be a third stringer, but he's not as good as Sam Darnold, which I, that's that's a tough set of sentences to put together. <laughs> but um, but like, you know, hey, we've got a great quarterback room. It's amazing. It's just like Jimmy last year. Jimmy's just too good to be a backup, but we just have a better guy, which it turns out that guy was Trey Lance. So how much are you going to? But, you know, like that's like that's kind of where it's at, where they're just like, no, no, no. This guy deserves to be somewhere else. If we don't get the right price, he's going to be our third quarterback. And that's an amazing luxury for us to have. But he deserves it. And that's what they're attempting to communicate. But right now, I feel like the rest of us are receiving a signal that that's actually not what's happening, that he's, he cannot beat out Sam Darnold, which I, I should give Darnold some credit. At Carolina, the last six games of the season, he I thought he played well. pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's well, I mean, and fair. again, and, and to go back to that point, too, like we're, we're saying he's uh, our, like a QB3. But their QB2 is, again, I'm not saying he's starter-level quality because he's started for a couple teams now and has failed. But, sure, I but mean, if you line him up he, against a bunch of backups, he's way better. Like, like, I mean, I he's he's probably yeah. a top top five backup quarterback right now. I mean, you've got a guy who's got a lot of starts under his belt and who know, you know, I mean, obviously, honestly, look at Sam Darnold's situations he's been in, right? I mean, the Jets before Robert Sala – we're just a shit show. Right. And then last and that year Carolina with, team with Matt rule, that's rough. That's horrible. Bad. Like horrible. So like Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> yeah. So like it, it, it's, and it's, it's kind of funny that they did better without McCaffrey. I mean, it's just, it was kind of odd, right. but so like, I'm not saying Sam Darnold's like great or anything, but to lose out a, a backup quarterback battle to him, I don't think is the end of the world. Now, if you're losing that quarterback battle to Nick Mullins, that that I mean, in my opinion, I don't think Nick Mullins is bad, but I definitely don't think he is like the like the upper tier of backup quarterbacks either. You're you're I, pro I, trading for Trey Lance, though, aren't you, Ryan? I am. I mean, again, I, I depending on the price, like Arif said, like I'm not giving up a third round pick for him, but you know, fifth fifth or later, I would give that up um, just to see what you have. Just kick the tires. I mean, how often does a fifth, sixth, seventh so round you're, pick? You're already done with Jaron Hall. I'm not done with him, but like he's not J- four. Jaron Hall was a fifth round pick for a reason, and Trey Lance had the skill set and tools enough that he was a first round pick, right? Like we're we're talking two different like levels of um we should have brought Purdy as a seventh round pick for a reason. Well, and, and again, and and you know, <laughs> people get it wrong all the time, hundred percent. But I, I would rather have Lance's upside versus Jaron Hall's and again. That's nothing against Jaron Hall. I don't think we should just dump him either. We'd have to figure out a way to hopefully get him on our practice squad or whatever, or move on from Mullins. And yeah, and well, keep I wonder. Like, I was going to ask if that like would have been your solution, right? Ooh, I, I don't know. I, I hadn't put that much thought into it. Uh, but but in 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 the 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 way I look at it is, you you have a guy who is very talented. Now, can we get him right in between the ears? A different coach, a coach that maybe will be more supportive. I don't know how Kyle Shanahan is, but he kind of seems like a dick. Uh, where <laughs> like I just feel like I feel like um, KOC would just you know 
take him under his wing and really try to develop him as best as he could um, in a more supportive environment. You have Kirk Cousins, who's probably a, you know, hopefully he would act as a better mentor than maybe Jimmy was doing, who was sitting out of practice and not even showing up to training camp because he's mad he lost the starting job. You know, like there's all the, the environment matters, in my opinion, and getting him in a new environment closer to home, you know, fifth round pick or later, I definitely would kick the tires on that. Anything above that, probably no. And at worst, you have like a backup quarterback. Huh? I said rips to Jordan Tomu, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) like he shows up, he signs, he's with an NFL team again, finally gets another opportunity after lighting up the XFL. I would trade for Trey Lance. Ah, Okay, cool. No, I get it. I would trade for Trey Lance too. Bye. You know, like. Adios. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that's interesting because, like, then you have to just determine whether or not you're comfortable not having a backup, basically, right? Like, because you've got two developmental quarterbacks, you're not really comfortable with either of them hitting the field. I think push big burden on Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but 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 also missed a non-COVID game, right? Yeah, (laughs) Kirk Kirk doesn't miss games. Number one, and then number two, even if Kirk goes down, we're screwed. Like, Nick Mullins isn't going to be the savior. Oh, this is this is the Peyton Manning, right? Have you heard the story? No. Oh, so, um, so a reporter, um, I, I actually, he was writing a book, but I think he's a reporter, goes into uh, Colts camp and he talks to offensive coordinator Tom Moore and not camp, practice. And during practice, the backup Jim Sorge doesn't throw a single ball, right? He never takes a rep. And the guy turns to Tom Moore and he's like, come on, you got to give your backup some, like, what if Peyton Manning goes down? And can I swear on this podcast, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. So Tom Moore turns to him and he goes, if Peyton Manning goes down, we're fucked and we do not practice fucked. I mean, (laughs) you're not wrong. So like, that's an interesting, but like the thing is the the point of a a guy like Nick Mullins is that you're not fucked. Like Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins goes down. You're if he, if he goes down in week two and that's the rest of the season. Yeah, you are right. But if he goes down in week 15 and there's a right before week 15, there's four games left to play or whatever it is. Right. Um, and you just need to win two of the next four in order to secure a favorable seat or home field advantage or whatever. That's like, that's not a bad situation to be in. That's actually a pretty good one with Nick Mullins. I personally think that he is a fairly quality backup, right? Like would I take Sam Darnold? Yeah. But I think that among the backups, he's up there, right? Like he's certainly better than like a Josh Johnson, right? Um, You know, so like, I, I think that you're not practicing fucked with Nick Mullins. I think that you've got an opportunity to maintain your position, hoping yeah. that Kirk comes back. So I think it's not really, but, the same but I also think Trey Lance could at least like hold the ship for a little while too. like as much. I mean, I, I, I don't think he's as bad as we're making him out to be. Yes. He has. I don't think anyone says field. he's bad though. Right. It's just that I am. Well, I'm saying he's bad. Like if we're saying <laughs> that, if bias. we're saying that we have complete <laughs> developmental thing, you know, I mean, granted, yes, I don't think he's great at this point in time, but yeah, if same scenario, you get to week 14 or whatever it is, we're trying to make a little bit of a play, like a high end playoff push and he gets called into action for two, three, four games. I, I think he can't, you know, I'm not saying we're going to be just like dominating teams with him at that quarterback, but I think he can hold the ship um, and, and, and hopefully not mess up too bad. I mean, at worst you have a scrambling quarterback. I mean, it's, and it, it's better than Joe Webb uh, who we tried it out for a playoff game, right? Like we, we I don't think we'd be in as bad of a situation as Jaron Hall. Um, I, I think he's ahead of him in that perspective, but. I could be wrong. Who knows? I just looked up Trey Lance's QBR, uh, 34.9. 
Okay, but we also got to like provide a little context <laughs> in the fact that like one of those games was a literal monsoon. Okay, no, that's like, fair. That's fair. Right. Like, like yeah, he literally sure. played in the sure. in a monsoon in Chicago, and then tore his like <laughs> tore his knee up in the very or he broke his leg, something like that, uh, in the very next game. So it's like that's <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. I think um, there's. I mean, I I do want to say he's he's better. Like, if I had to choose between him and Jaron Hall going to a game. Right. Not just tomorrow, but probably for the rest of the season, I'd pick Trey Lance. Right. Like there's no question in my mind, but I that's, uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like we are at a point where we're like, and, tra- and Trey Lance is younger. Like he's literally By two years. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, BYU, he's BYU dude, man. <laughs> I can't. How did Zach Wilson get away with that? How is Zach Wilson, the middle schooler coming out of BYU and everyone else coming out of BYU is like 27. Like an is old Zach Wilson, like surprisingly older than. No, he, he's young as he looks. He's 24. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say he looks 13, but he's he he's young and he looks young. But like, yeah, no, he he came out at like 22 or something like that. It was right. not he was not like Brady Christensen coming out at like 26 or whatever, right? Or 27. Like he that, didn't go on his mission trip. So. Right. Yeah. So like, I, which is like, I, can you declare for the draft from BYU if you never went on the mission trip? Is that do they let you do that? That's crazy. I don't know. You find out for know. us. Yeah. <laughs> We have uh, we have somehow spent 20 minutes talking about backup quarterbacks, n- one of which or most of which aren't even on the team. But uh, good, good conversation. But I, I promised a Reef is short show, so I want to get your thoughts quick and let's segue over to the news uh, that broke about TJ Hawkinson, um, that they're working on an extension, both sides far apart. And Hawkinson wants to reset the market with a historic contract extension. Also, just in case you weren't aware, he's been limited at practice because of an ear infection and now back soreness. All in the same tweet. Like, it feels <laughs> feels like there's something going on with that. <laughs> yeah, he had a Rossini gone, of The but... Athletic reported that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he, he came in the office, told me the ear infection was gone. But yeah, I guess he's got back soreness. <laughs> it could all be genuine, right? I don't know. But like, it, it feels... Right. Do you do you think do you think TJ Hawkinson deserves a record setting uh tight end contract like to go a, to go a, above the guys like Darren Waller and George Kittle um who's average per year 17 15 you know it's it's up there Um okay so like what the problem is that the way contracts are like reported and the way that they play out are like very different, right? So like George Kittle's total value contract, 75 million, right? And you could offer TJ Hawkinson a contract that is more than that, but the cap hits every year would be less than that, right? And so like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of whatever, but like, yeah, baseline his average per year is 15 million. Um, Travis Kelsey is like really close to that, like 14, five or something like that. Um, and, uh, and he signed that contract in 2020. So in 2023 terms, you know, that would be, you know, probably 14, 15% more. So, you know, you could in theory, give him a $15.25 million contract. And that would be less in terms of the cap impact relative to what you have available to you than the contract that George Kittle signed. Right. So it's possible that you could do that. I, I mean, so he is a really high quality tight end, but he's just not yeah. in that tier, right? Like he's not a George Kittle. He's not a Travis Kelsey. Um, he's you put not him on the cusp of that tier at all. 
pretty close. Yeah. I think on, on this show, we're like, I would say he's, he's a top five tight end. Yeah. I mean, I, I maybe, I don't know if he's top five, but I think he's got a really good argument to be top five, right? Like, like I would, yeah, he, I would say he's top five. I mean, especially uh, the way he played last year since joining our team with, with Kirk and, and his connection. I mean, last year, I think down the stretch, he put up top two numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and also it, it, it deserves to be pointed out that like the middle area of the tight end group uh, in the modern NFL right now is pretty barren. So yeah. um, it, it, there's probably like, cause like what Hunter Henry, right? <laughs> like get out of here. Well, um, but <laughs> I wouldn't put him in the middle, man. That would that's rough. But well, uh, he's in the middle like, for contracts. If uh, fair enough. Uh but like, you know, if if Darren Waller plays like he did two years ago for the Giants, then I would take him over high. And there's a very good chance that he does that, right? Um probably never gonna put Evan Ingram in that top five, but I've already listed four. So um, yeah. you know, it it can be, you know, what about what about Dallas Goddard, right? Like it can be. He feels very bit. similar to Dallas Goddard. Yeah, right. And if like Kyle Pitts, you know, does the thing that he did his rookie year, and you know, it's it's possible that he's not top five. Like, but he's not an elite tight end. He's not one of those top three guys. He's not Kittle, Andrews, um, not Kelsey, right? So mm-hmm. um that see Mark Andrews, there you go. There's, there's well, yeah, guys. and and that's <laughs> the that's the uh the point you make, Arif. I I very much agree with on the front end, right? Of like so what ends up happening is people look at tight end contracts. They see Travis Kelsey knowing he's the best tight end in the league and he's at like 14-3 and then uh, average, right? Yearly average. And then and then they look at Travis Kelsey – or not Travis Kelsey, uh, George Kittle, who's at 15. And they're like, well, if he like he's not better than those two, so he can't make that much. But those contracts right, are from not 2020. About yeah, right. exactly. Like like those contracts are from 2020. So if you gave those guys new contracts today, they would they would top the market for sure. Right. They'd be making what, what Darren Waller makes right now, which is like 17. 17, right? right? Yeah, exactly. So it's like I, I don't have an issue paying him money because I do think he's a top five tight end. I think he's better than Dallas Goddard, so I would put him at five. Um, and he's younger than all these guys, significantly, actually. Outside of Goddard and Andrews, those guys are 28. Uh, yeah. Everyone else that we're talking about are 30-plus. So you're, you're locking in a guy who is young yet, who's also a top five, ascending into his prime. Like, tight ends prime are basically at the end of their first contract in through their second contract. And then if you're Travis Kelsey, you just keep going because you're, or you're just amazing. Gronk, same thing. Right. Um, so I don't mind him paying him upwards up that, of that money. I don't think 17. I would, I wouldn't pay number. him 17. And yeah, so if that's he's looking lot. for the highest average, that's not something yeah. I would, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't entertain it if I were the Vikings. It certainly, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lot. accept that. Right. Like I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be comfortable giving out a 17 average unless like he's willing to take a lot less job security and turn it into a bunch of incentives and stuff like stuff that would hurt him ultimately. Do you um, make him wait and just franchise tag him this off season? Man, I mean, nice players are taking it much more personally year after year. Like the more, more time goes on, the more they just hate getting franchised. Uh, and the more they like react to it, right. The more they like hold out of mini camp and hold into training camp and stuff like that. So um, that's, you have to consider that. And I think that, a good, a good chunk of roster management is not just identifying the most expected points per dollar or the most expected wins per dollar and maximizing your contract and extracting as many wins as you can get out of each individual. A lot of it's 
person management, right? It's human management. And I think that like a franchise tag resolves this issue for you from a contract standpoint for one year, but like you cannot consistently tick off players in contract negotiations with you. You can't like, okay, as Zedaria Smith happens, that's like maybe a one-off thing. There's a miscommunication about kind of what the expectation was heading into year two. Um, Daniel Hunter, okay, that's getting uh, a little bit closer to maybe this could be a persistent issue, but he's dealing with stuff from the last front office. So, you know, maybe that's carrying over. But if this like keeps happening, like it just, it becomes a really, like you lose the 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 value that you got of getting an A from the NFLPA because like now players just don't trust the front office. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would always be hesitant if I was a front office to use a franchise tag, just from that perspective, knowing that you've had a couple of contract things just come up. Um, and I would hope that he would accept something like a 15 million, because I think a 15 million is probably in the current contract environment, something closer. And you could say, Hey, you could, you could get the highest total, right? We could get you a 90 million six year contract, right? That's 15 times six, I think. Um, we can probably, uh, we could get I'm you a $90 million. Yes. Oh, great. Awesome. Um, we can get you a $90 million contract over six years. Mind you, the last three years of this contract are fake, but we could get that for you. <laughs> and so right. like, yeah. Um, well, and I mean, and, and that's, that's the thing, industry, like, I guess. Yeah. That's the thing that you can do, right? Like even like get him a number that like boosts that ego enough. Hey, we're paying you more than George Kittle at fifteen five, even. Right. Yeah. Right. And and like you said, make it dumb some dummy years in there to kind of just spruce it up a little bit, knowing that you're gonna have to restructure after two or three years, probably anyway. But if you keep performing, but like you know that like there's ways to get it done. I just I'm I'm intrigued because the fact that they say they're far apart. Yeah, is I like what concern, about, yeah. concerning to me. It would it would be really difficult for it because actually they they're, they are stuck right they cannot offer less than thirteen a year they cannot give him less money than Josh Oliver they just can't yeah yeah and so like that that's an important thing too so they're stuck so I don't know how far apart they could possibly be unless Hawkinson's asking for seventeen in which case like if they're offering fourteen five and Hawkins is asking for seventeen I would probably characterize that as pretty far apart yeah. Um, that would be kind of the the concern, but I would I would suggest that a Hawkinson's agent needs to recalibrate expectations if he wants seventeen. That is a real tough ask. Yeah, especially with the the Jefferson contract looming, a Christian Darrisa contract looming, It'd be a lot of yeah. money tied up in that offense. Yeah, at least, at least get an All Pro before he asks for seventeen, man. <laughs> the Pro Bowls are nice, but come on, <laughs> Pro Bowls don't count. <laughs> absolutely do. didn't mitch trubisky go to a pro bowl i was like a third alternate i think yeah yeah i mean it, it like, you can you can you can isolate it as first team pro bowls like i think um wikipedia doesn't but i think pro football reference does i don't think they count alternates so you know that's nice interesting yeah. well ryan arif anything else that you guys have that you just have to get off your chest before we head into the final preseason game, Trey Lance news, TJ Hawkinson news. Uh, yeah, I I want to see. Um, I just I I, I want to see a good clean, clean game. I don't want anyone injured. No, I That's I true. I, I, I want to see a a lot of that of that second team unit in the last preseason game. I don't know how much we're going to get of them, but there's just like a lot of questions they have to answer. And I don't know when Chris Reed is going to be healthy, but that to me is like one of the most important health questions. I'm not as concerned about Brian Asmolaw. I'm not as concerned about Kenny Wongwu. 
I, I of course you're not concerned with Asimo. I knew you weren't. Look at him come off mute just Good to Lord. address that comment. That's incredible. He's, he's over there talking to his kid. He hears Asimo. He just boom, boom yeah. to the camera. Locked in. That's yeah, situational yeah. awareness, man. Yeah, <laughs> he's always. more locked in than Trey Lance. Oh <laughs> All right. Well, um, well for to, to answer your question, since you asked, oh, you're us, you're, you're going to keep Jesus. going, okay? Um, no, is uh, no same thing, Arif. I want to see a lot of that second. I'm really uh, intrigued by that uh, that secondary. I really want to see the secondary play. Mm-hmm. Andrew Booth, can you continue to take some positive steps forward? Uh, I don't. I doubt Scene's going to be back for this game. But and have you heard anything on that? No, I haven't. No, okay. Kevin O'Connell uh, so spoke today. I wouldn't expect to see Scene this weekend. Uh, it's a okay. soft tissue injury. Okay. So I, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that um, he, you know, can recover um, because I was really excited about both of those guys this preseason. And I think they're both playing well. So um, it'd be interesting to kind of see the progression. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. And like you said, Arif, I I hope also that just no injuries. We're we're almost through the preseason with very minimal injuries on our team. So I prefer that that continues because God knows if someone gets hurt on the offensive line, we can't really recover from that. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we leave here, though, I want to do one one thing. Uh, give a shout out to you, Arif. Uh, I, I'll probably butcher kind of what your new adventure is uh, on Substack. So if you want to do a little plug for, for what you got going, um, you've been, by the way, every morning I feel like I log in or I get a notification that you already have another article up. So you're crushing it there. But if you want to give a plug about, about your wide left sub stack. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like you said, it's called wide left. Um, it is kind of a continuation of an effort that Ben Natan and I had uh, as political podcasters a while back. Uh, but this one is primarily about football, but I will not, you know, hold myself back from talking about when football intersects with politics or culture uh, or or politics itself. If I find something just kind of interesting in the political world I want to write about, because that is my background before I turn football, I'll talk about it. But it is primarily a, a football substack. I'm going to talk um, with a heavy emphasis on the Vikings, but I will talk about national things that interest me. Um, and then also, whenever I write somewhere else, because I'm still a freelancer, I will post links to it there. I've got Friday roundups. And so there's a paid subscription where there's paywalled articles two, three times a week. There's a, a free subscription where you get notified about all the articles, plus you get a good chunk of the preview of the paid articles. And that free one will also get you access to some free articles as well um, every week. So um, you can you can head over there. It's called, it's wideleftpost.substack.com. There was someone tried transferring me wideleft.substack.com. We talked about it and she was like, yeah, let's do it. And is there something in Substack's back end won't let it happen? So it's wideleftpost.substack.com. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> um, and, and, and you can find it there. Sweet. I will put it in the description and the video below and where you get, get your podcast. But uh, thank you, Arif, for hopping on. I told you 10 minutes. It's been 35. So <laughs> I always blame me mostly. It's always <laughs> fun, though. It, it's always fun to riff back and forth with you, Arif. So I'm uh, happy I was able to join and happy you were able to join us. So. Yeah, we'll get uh, we'll get you out to Lake Monster. You can wear your your flannel, um, and we can we can have right. some beer. Yeah, you really so. got to get that going soon. I know. I have a meeting. I think tomorrow actually tomorrow with Lake Monster. So awesome. we'll get we'll get things rolling here. But awesome. uh, everybody who's watching, don't forget to like and subscribe. Until next time, Skull Vikings. Mm-hmm.